This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Good morning, everyone. Good to be in the house of uh, God. Good to be coming to you out there uh, via the miracle of uh, technology, social uh, media. Boy, you know, we have to live by faith, not by sight where that is concerned, because for the most part, one uh, in ten responds um, just as they did with... uh, just as they did with uh, Jesus, ten lepers were cleansed, but only one came back to let him know, thank you, amen. So all the thanks and praise goes to God. We're grateful uh, to uh, and purposed, but also grateful. Such a privilege uh, to represent uh, the Lord, to uh, um, answer uh, his call in our lives. And we're called, aren't we? We're called to be with him. And then we're called to go out from being with him and share that, uh, share that grace and that goodness with, uh, with other people. We're just thankful for the uh, privilege. So again, welcome. You know, just, uh, uh, and in coming to the end of the year here, we're at the last month, uh, of the year. And, and let me recap the year in one little sentence for you. This year really has been about shifting systems. You know, uh, there's the world systems. That uh, uh, the uh, you know the devil tempted Jesus with that. He said, "All you got to do is worship me, serve me, and all of these world systems, all the glory, all the gold, all that stuff. Uh, I'll give it to you." He said, "It's mine to give because it had been given to him. Well, it was given over to him by Adam when Adam uh, was given Adam was given uh, dominion." Uh, in the earth, and he swapped God, so he uh, came under the curse. Let me encourage you where this uh, is, because there seems to uh, seems to me that uh, at times uh, we need to um, look again. We need to reevaluate, if you will, our position. And one of the ways of doing that is consider uh, consider your condition. See, because under the blessing, that's God's system. Under the blessing, things get better. Under the curse, things get worse. Not just talking about finances. We're talking about uh, everything. We're talking about all of it. Your life. So anyhow, might be a point to ponder. Uh, the tithe and offering, uh, if you do your homework on that, in Malachi, third chapter, the Lord talks about provision and protection. Provision and protection. Those are the two main, uh, the two main reasons why we need to shift systems. We need to be under the provision with God as our source. 
and we need to be under the protection of God, where God not only opens his hand and opens the windows of heaven, but he shuts the door to the devil simultaneously. Amen. Well, let's move forward here. Now, don't exclude yourself, because the only one that can exclude you from this is, is you, yourself, by making a decision that that does not apply to me. Remember, it's just information. Our prayer today is that without the Holy Spirit's help, so Holy Spirit, we need your help. Because without your help, it's all just information. It'll never be a revelation. Unless you show us, we'll never see it. Unless you help us, we'll never understand. And if it's not a revelation that culminates in our life that we see how to do it, it becomes an application, then there'll be a transformation in your life. Say it with me. Information, revelation, application, and transformation. Well, Pastor, well, you know, you need to be more uh, than just... uh, you know, infused and enthused, you need to be educated. So uh, I, the anointing on my life as a pastor is to prepare you for the works, the good works that God has created you for and ordained that you would walk in, walk in. The ministry, your ministry, you're part of his ministry, a worshiper and a witness uh, for him. And uh, uh, pastor and teacher usually go together, you know. Um, We need to be trained to rule and reign. We're trained in a system that enslaves. That that, under the dominion of the devil. And there's there's only two. If we're not under the dominion of God, the domain of God, then we're under the dominion of the devil. You see. And it's a for the Christian especially, it's a matter of percentages, you know. Uh, come away from the line. <laughs> Get away from the fence. Come back from the edge. It's just too easy for the devil sometimes to distract you, attract you, distract you, and snatch you back over into that old way of thinking, the old way of doing. You're not who you used to be. You need to come on up into who you are supposed to be. Who God made you to be and meant you to be. Thank you for your enthusiasm. It'll be okay if you act like you're alive. I mean, you know, I just assume I can preach to dead people. The Bible says that the dead shall hear your hear his voice. I'm quoting scripture now. Jesus said, there's coming a time. A lot of times it's after a little after 10 on a Sunday morning when the dead will hear his voice. Pastor, you better hurry. You got 30 minutes to raise the dead. (laughs) That's all right. He in the resurrection business. Let's uh, move right along. Make my face get red, my eyes bug out and have to holler. Get your attention, you know. Lord have mercy. It's Christmas time. Isn't that a, a wonderful time? Uh, of the year I love the holiday season if you change the I to Y it's a holy day amen really a separated uh, time and, and what's Christmas all about ah oh, no Santa Claus and you know I thank God he's a good man amen Santa Claus has been good to me I expect him to continue to be praise the Lord you believe in Santa Claus well what do you believe in believe in what you want to believe in amen 
Are you listening? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. I've got to mess you up so I can fix you up right now. You're going to listen a little closer now. Do you really think he believes there's a red-nosed reindeer? Don't you watch the TV? <laughs> well, but if you run a little deeper, if you just look a little longer and look and listen, you'll hear more than sleigh bells ringing and Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. I'm going to church because it's Sunday. Hey, jingle bell. No. See, if you look a little deeper, if you look a little deeper, I know they've tried to bury it. Under all this secularisms and you know, I mean, and we're going to talk about some of that today, you know, from why would the devil fight so hard just to, just to not have out in public this baby in a manger scene? Oh, what? How could that be such a threat? That you got to pass laws. <clears throat> when we look a little deeper, we find out there is a very significant um, depth to this time of year. That Christmas. Now, remember, some people now want to call it Xmas. But it's not Xmas, it's Christmas. Christ must. God with us. Now I want to talk to you today, and Pastor Sandy's going to follow up in the next uh, few Sundays. Uh, the, this would be a, a three-week series on God with us. Everybody say with. God with us. And we'll start out with the Father's promise because it all originated from the Father. And one day Jesus said it will all be presented back to the Father. He'll bring everything and everyone, culminate all of it, and present it to the Father. Won't that be a glorious day? I plan on being there. How about you? Hallelujah. God has a way of of, uh, us being... One in a jillion, but we're still a chosen one, a special one, one of his own. Aren't you glad? That alone makes him God. That alone makes him God. Amen. There was an old woman who lived in a shoe, had so many children, she didn't know what to do. But God got a lot of, a lot of children. He know exactly what to do. Amen. Aren't you glad? The Father's promise. You know, a promise is a declaration that creates an expectation. A promise is a declaration that creates an expectation. A declaration uh, assuring that one will do something. That one will do something. It affords a basis for expecting. A promise. In Isaiah 41 and 9, I'm going to read to you out of the uh, Passion Bible. Now, there's the New Testament Passion, uh, there's the Passion New Testament 
uh, translation. It has the includes the New Testament. It also includes um, Psalms and Proverbs. But there's a little ten dollar deal. This book of Isaiah, of Isaiah called the Vision, the Passion Translation. Only one book, one book uh, has been translated. Uh, out of the Old Testament, and it's significant. Isaiah, Jesus quotes Isaiah a lot, and uh, uh, there's a there's a there's a richness in this. I want to show you a promise here of uh, the Father, Isaiah forty one, and starting in verse nine, um, it goes down and to verse ten. And I'm going to read it from this. So just listen. It says, I drew you to myself from the ends of the earth and called you from its farthest corner. And I say to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you. Anybody ever felt the farthest from God? Anybody ever actually been the farthest from God? You know, even right now in your position, are you the farthest from God that you've ever been? Have you ever been closer? Would you like to be closer? See? Here he says that he draws us, that he calls us, and then he says some things to us. He says, I say to you, I have chosen you. He goes on and says, I have not rejected you. You know, uh, when we're far from God, and there was a time when every one of us was far from God. May not be this time, but for some that I'm talking to today, perhaps it is right now. You Far from God. Feel the farthest from God. Maybe are the farthest from God. Running hard the other way. Yet yeah, doesn't stop. He's always pulling on us, isn't he? Drawing on us. You know how he does that? He draws on the prayers that have been prayed over you. And if no one else on this earth is, knows your name or cares a flip about you, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, knows all about you, and is praying for you. And God is using that to draw us to himself. He says, I drew you from the ends of the earth. I drew you to myself. I called you from the farthest places, and I'm saying to you, I chose you. I've chosen you. You know, it's it's a harsh reality in this uh, world, uh, and there's a spirit behind rejection. It's one of the most hurtful things that there is. Whether, and it seems like that the people that are closest to us can hurt us the most. Just a slight, a rejection, a, a you know, um, well, you know exactly what I'm saying, you know. But you know, whether man, ex- whether if everybody else rejects you, he said this, I do not reject you. I will not reject you. God has accepted you. Just as you are. I love the old invitation song that says, just as I am. See, that's how God takes us. It's just as we are. He don't leave us that way. Love changes us. 
He lovingly changes us as we respond to believing in the love that he has for us. See, that changes us from the inside out. Because the devil's greatest lie is God doesn't love you. God doesn't care. God wouldn't have you. God doesn't want you. True? And sometimes he works that through other people, doesn't he? Amen? But you know, I, you have to kind of get it sorted out and settled that if everybody else rejects you, God still accepts you. And if everybody else says, I'm done with you, well, I'll tell you, God's not done with you. God's not done with you. Remember last week, I need to correct a thing when I said, you know, if you're done with church, you're done with God. Let me, let me uh, correct that to a certain degree. Uh, you know, because there's a lot of people now really having to make that, are making that decision. Let me ask you this. You think that Jesus is done building his church? Do we get to bring our own definition to what church should be? Whose church is it? Don't you think he gets to uh, decide and determine what he's making the church? Are you listening? So if Jesus isn't done with the church, well, then neither am I. You can make up your own mind where that is concerned. Bring your own measure to that. He's not going to fall off of his throne, but he's still going to be building his church. If you want to be part of what God's doing, if you want to be with God and God with you, well, moving right along here. Um, I will not reject you. There's scripture throughout the Bible where he says, I will not abandon you. Boy, we see that, don't we? I mean, Adam and Eve. Uh, and let me help some of you that are living with messed up families. You know, uh, I, you know uh, I remember in our family we had some times that it just got all messed up. And, uh, well, aren't you supposed to rule your own household well? Yeah, you're supposed to rule your own, raise your children in the way that they should go. If they depart, sometimes they depart. Sometimes Sandy and I have departed. She'd get up and just, you know, act out. I don't know what happened to her. I prayed for her. Got out of her way because she's powerful. Yeah. She said, I just want to slap you sometime. It's all right, you know. I don't qualify. I don't think that qualifies for laying hands on me. I, I, I don't. No, no, no. That, the Bible says don't lay hands suddenly on no man. You know, like that. That that's not right. Amen. No, but things get messed up sometimes. You know? And I remember going to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm I'm just so ashamed. I you know. I mean, I've done my best. I don't know. I've made mistakes. I Lord knows I have not been perfect. In this, he said, let me ask you something. He said, am I the perfect father? I said, yeah. He said, take a look at my family. Went too far out of the gate. It got all screwed up. And we've been working from the messed up ever since. Amen. Aren't you glad God's with us? Aren't you glad that he don't leave us and doesn't abandon us? Just because us gets messed up sometimes. Aren't you, glad? <laughs> aren't, you, aren't you glad 
You know, the church gets messed up sometimes. The nation gets messed up sometimes. The city, your job, the school. I mean, sometimes it just gets all messed up. But God's still with us. Are you listening? Keep looking to him. He, he'll make a promise, a declaration, and create an expectation. He says, do not fear. Do not yield to fear, for I am always near. Whether we feel him or not, he's always near. You know, I, I tell you, uh, you know, sometimes you just need to take a look around. Just take a look around. He's already there. There's a, uh, there's a song I love. It's beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, uh, song. It holds some truth in it. It says, uh, you know, I'm already there. Just take a look around. I'm the sun, uh, I'm the, uh, I'm the, Sunshine in your hair on the shadow on the ground. I'm the whisper in the wind. I'm the moon beam shining down. Just take a look around. Can you feel the love that we share? I'm already there. Yeah, God's there. God's already there. Amen. Bend out before us. Listen, he says, never turn your gaze from me. For I am your faithful God. Let me encourage you if you've ever, uh, if your faith has ever faltered, if you ever felt like that uh, you've been unfaithful, or not as faithful as perhaps you desired to be, but you know, uh, sometimes things get messed up, don't they? He he says even when we're unfaithful, he's faithful still because he cannot deny himself. What does that mean? Well, he will act out of one of the prayers of Daniel. He says, deal with us and act out of who you are, not what we do. Aren't you glad that's called mercy and grace? That God deals with us out of who he is, not who we are or what we've done. <laughs> oh, I'm almost getting a little happy on the inside here. Uh, he says, I'll infuse you with my strength and help you in every situation. Everyone say every. I will hold you firmly with my victorious right hand. All who rage against you will be ashamed and disgraced. All who contend you, with you will perish and disappear. You will look for your enemies in vain. And those who war against you will vanish without a trace. My mind goes very quickly to a woman that was caught in the act. Have you ever been caught in the act of... What everyone said was wrong, and it was wrong. You ever been wrong? If you haven't, I'll pray for you, because that ain't right. The Bible says if any of us, if anyone says he's without sin, he's trying to make God out a liar, and God's true now. So, you know, but if we have said we have someone that has done something, and we'll do something with that, an advocate with the Father, amen. Who's, who's God, but Jesus is also the firstborn among many brethren. Are you listening? He's the, he's the sample example, son. Amen. For our lives. Who is faithful to forgive us. He did that already, didn't he, on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But not just that. Then he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. All that guilt. All that shame. All that regret, remorse, he cleanses us, he says, now listen, if you, if you believe it, you need to just receive it, now for me, it's just as if it never happened, if you bring it up in the next moment, God will say, what are you talking about, 
You know, we just had this guy. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. I threw that as far away as the east is. Oh, from the west. You can go looking for it. You'll never find it. If you go east, you can't find it. If you go west, you can't. You're going to meet it coming. It's gone. It's in what he calls the sea of forgetfulness. Let me remind you that even uh, in science, there are some places on that they cannot, they don't have machinery that can go that deep in the earth. Hallelujah. God got a sea so deep that he can hide it, you'll never find it. The devil can't bring it up again. You know, the devil ain't going to be in water for eternity. He in fire. He's in the furnace, honey. Hold his feet to the fire right now. You'll be a little better off for it. Isn't that right? Just quote him the scripture. What you talking about? You know that sin. Well, you're going to have to go to God because I gave it to him. I can't find it nowhere. It ain't on me. It's on you, Jack. <laughs> All right, I'm helping some of you anyway. Maybe I'm helping somebody out there. Those who were against you will vanish without a trace. I'm reminded of a woman that Jesus bent down and wrote. And some people say, well, I think he wrote all the names and all that. I think he wrote over there in the Old Testament where it says, Mercy triumphs over judgment. And then he looked up and he said, He who is without sin, let him throw the first stone. And they just disappeared, dissipated, vanished one by one. All who raged against, all who contended, all who would war against us. Amen. Well, you need to let that junk go. Any accusation comes from the accuser of the brethren. He'll accuse God. He'll accuse Jesus. He'll accuse you. He'll accuse the church. He'll accuse the preacher. The devil will go so far as to even get messing with the holy bird, fried chicken. You know that ain't good for you. Say what? I done prayed over this sanctified. This right here. This right here now, holy. I'm gonna, this is good for me, amen? I'm going to eat this fried chicken. Pardon me for those of you not aware that, you know, well, you just need to move south. <laughs> I remember when I first came here, they, they had a fellowship. And uh, there was fried chicken. And I didn't take any, and there's a gentleman that was at the church, visiting at the church that time. He goes, I noticed you didn't take any fried chicken. I said, no, you know. I was a little bewildering where that was concerned. He goes, well, what kind of a preacher are you? <laughs> You'll be happy to know I became that kind of a preacher, Amen. <laughs> Can't beat them, join them. Eat the fried chicken, be happy. Amen. If it's received with thanksgiving, it's sanctified and holy. And I wouldn't recommend that that be your three times a day diet. But moving right along before we tiptoe over into areas where angels fear to tread. <laughs> Need to remember where you are, boy. Amen. <laughs> you in the south, now you're 
you are south of the Mason-Dixon line, and where we come from, fried chicken, if it ain't fried, it ain't food. Moving forward, I am Yahweh. Thank you for that hearty amen. You know, preacher, you don't need to be preaching on food. Well, you know, I mean, if you can't get happy about fried chicken, there's not much help for you. <laughs> you just be on where we can reach you. I'll tell you what, now you need to go. Are you listening? <laughs> And some of you are going, what did pastor preach about today? Fried chicken. <laughs> Stay with me, little box, and you, it'll be a surprise supper for you. Amen. I am Yahweh, your mighty God. I grip your right hand, and I won't let you go. Aren't you glad that God's not going to let you go to hell in a handbasket? He's not going to let you just go your own way down a dark trail that you thought was right and he knows is a dead end. Aren't you glad that God says, I'm not going to let you go there? He said, I whisper to you. And sometimes we have to be still enough and get quiet enough that because sometimes God whispers. He doesn't even use a small, quiet voice. He whispers. But you know, sometimes in a whisper, he speaks louder than in a shout. He said, I whisper to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. I like that. The promise of the Father. I called you, I draw you, I say to you, you're my chosen. I'm here to help you. I won't let you go. I want to turn over to Luke, the book of Luke. Get my page turned here. Well, actually, before we go there, uh, Isaiah 19, and then we'll go to the book of Luke. I'm going to read this again out of... uh, Kind of an unlikely scripture. Uh, Verse number 19, again, uh, Isaiah out of the 19th chapter. Going to read the 19th and 20th verse. He says, In that day there to the Lord Yahweh in the middle of Egypt. You know, Egypt is always a type of the world. The world without God. The people... uh, that are outside of the Egypt is is always an indicative of uh, the world without God. And he says, in that day there will be an altar to the Lord Yahweh in the middle of Egypt and a sacred monument to honor him on its border. It, what would that be? Uh, the altar and the monument, it will be a sign and a visible reminder in the land of Egypt of the Lord Yahweh, commander of angel armies, and they will cry out to him when they are oppressed, and he will send a mighty deliverer and champion to their rescue. The Lord Yahweh will reveal to them who he really is, and the Egyptians will know him 
intimately. They will worship him with sacrifices and burnt offerings. They will make vows to Lord Yahweh and they will hear that there will be an altar. It will be a sign and a witness, a visible reminder. You know, we have slogans that say Jesus is the reason for the season. And here we are in, in uh, um, December and uh, and we celebrate the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus. Easter we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus. But on Christmas we we are it is a reminder that we and we celebrate uh the birth of Jesus. And the promise of the Father here, one translation says, He will send a Savior. He said there'll be an altar. It will be a sign, and he will send a Savior. Now turn to Luke, if you will. The birth of Jesus, this is a, uh, the account of that. And it says uh, in verse chapter 2, verse number 8, That night in the field near Bethlehem there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid. I'm going to uh, quote it out. We'll continue with this other message, but I want to give it to you, the voice Bible. It says, a messenger with a message, don't be afraid. Listen, I bring good news, news of great joy, news that will affect all people everywhere. Today, in the city of David, a liberator has been born. That's another way of, of saying a savior, a deliverer. Some translations say a mighty one, a great one. Uh, you know, uh, do, do we need liberating? Well, only those that wake up someday and find that they thought they were free, but when they got to the uh, end of the chain, they found out they were bound. They were in bondage. They were under a cruel taskmaster whose only, whose only way uh, to control them is with the curse. So yeah, we, we do need a liberator unless we're happy being controlled by the curse and the cruel He said, today in the city of David, a liberator has been born for you. He is, now listen to this, he is the promised anointed one. The supreme authority. He is the promised anointed one. The supreme authority. We're talking about God with us. The promise of the Father. He says, and you will know you have found him when you see a baby wrapped in a blanket lying in a feeding trough. <clears throat> in the middle of Egypt, there'll be, a, there'll be an altar. 
There'll be a monument. God, one translation says, there'll be a witness. <clears throat> Let me read again out of the Luke, the second chapter. He says, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You know, sometimes I think that we that we that we miss, and if the church misses it, who is supposed to be the light of the world, then how will people in the dark ever see it if we miss it? It said, "This you will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough." Now, that might explain why the world doesn't want to be reminded that there was a miracle sign, an altar placed in front, a monument, memorial monument placed by God in the middle, right out in plain sight for everybody to see. Doesn't want to be reminded that... uh, that a Savior was born. He sent a Savior. He he sent, he promised and he sent a Savior into our midst. See, because if we acknowledge that, then we have to acknowledge that there is a God. And if there is a God, then we have to then we have to, if we acknowledge that there is a God, then we might be accountable to the God who is. You know, the ultimate rebellion is to just simply say, there is no God, I'm a God to myself, I could do it without God, I don't need God. I'll decide for myself. Isn't that what the devil promised? He says, you don't really need God. You're smart. You can do this by yourself. God knows you could be just like him. And it was a twist, wasn't it? We are already just like him. We get to choose. And, and, and Are you listening? But we also need to realize that there are consequences to our choice. Anyway, let me... Uh, the Passion Bible, there it says... At the cradle, there's a miracle sign, an altar, a witness. You know, I'm, Pastor Ron's going to uh, come. There may be people in here today. I know there are people either today or another day that will be listening to me. That Have you ever asked God for a sign, a miracle sign? Well, here it is. If only one time a year, God can pull you near enough and give you a reminder when we celebrate and commemorate a baby and a birth that is the Father who promised to do something, did do something. 
And like in Isaiah 41, verse 13, can you? So now you have to, you have to come close to hear him whisper. Don't be afraid. Listen, don't be afraid to believe that God is here to help you. He said, I'm here to help you. I sent a Savior, and He will save you. I used to wonder, you know, what in the world does a man dying on a cross 2,000 years ago have to do with me? And, you know, I found out about that. I don't know how I missed this. I don't know how it, sometimes it can just be a religious ritual that, you know, oh yeah, there's the baby Jesus, and a lot of times I preached it myself. Well, you know, uh, the uh, we do the manger scene and all of, you know, the trappings and tell, redo the story, make plays and skits and things like that over it. But you know, God says this is a miracle sign. I want to read the footnotes to you in the Passion Bible. It says, A baby lying in a feeding trough where animals were kept nearby wrapped in strips of cloths became a sign of the man's Savior's life on earth. He entered the world as a lowly baby and though he is the mighty God, he lived his life on earth in gentleness before all. The shepherds that night were possibly near Bethlehem at Migdal Eder, the watch tower of the flock, the watch of the flock. This would fulfill both the prophecies of Micah 5.2 and Micah 4.8, which says to you, he will come, your dominion kingdom from old will arrive. It was at the lower floor, listen to this, at the watchtower, Magno Eder, that the birthing of the Passover lambs would take place. Selected ewes that were about to give birth would be brought there. After the birth of the lambs, the priestly shepherds would wrap the lambs in cloth and lay them in a manger lined with soft hay to prevent them from hurting themselves. For Passover lambs must be unblemished with no bruise or broken bone. The miracle sign for these priestly shepherds would be a baby boy lying where the Passover lamb should be, in a manger, wrapped in strips of cloth. It was at the cradle of Jesus Christ that the kingdom from ancient times arrived on earth. Boy, God is so exacting. Sometimes we need to look a little longer so that we can see a little deeper into this well of salvation. See, he, he was born. Emmanuel, God among us. God in our midst. One of us. One translation of that word, of that name. God, one of us. That's why he's worthy to be served because he's the only one. God's own unblemished Passover lamb. Perfect. Perfectly the fulfillment of all that was said before about him. I pray that this 
Christmas that we have a reminder in our hearts. Perhaps it's a reminder for you in your heart, a memorial. You know, the cradle can become an altar, a meeting place of God, a meeting place with God, where you meet the Savior, where you meet the one that God sent to save the world from its sin and what would that sin be it needed a savior it needed God to do what we cannot do for ourselves it needed to be saved you know perhaps we'll bring it down to do you need to be saved are you have you accepted this wonderful indescribable gift of life eternal life through this man savior the man Christ Jesus who came was born of a virgin lived a holy life had an extraordinary miraculous ministry of signs and wonders to show us the father so that we could see him plainly and openly that God so loved the world loved you that he gave his only begotten son. No wonder it was good news back then. Perhaps it can be good news for you today. If you're ready, let's just pray this simple prayer. Because this is the greatest miracle. Let's take this miracle sign today. God sent him. God saw you. And God sent him. He is here. He's right here. And he wants to help you. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Take over. Lead me. Guide me. I will follow you from now on. I accept that you have forgiven me. All is forgiven. And I accept this new heart, this new life, this new start. Today with you, I call you Lord. I accept you as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, let me tell you something. There's this. There's no greater miracle that could ever happen in your life. Welcome to the family uh, of God. And I'll tell you from now on, have, you're headed towards heaven. You're headed in the right direction. Just keep putting one step in front of the other. And uh, we'll be here for you along the way if we can help you. Uh, in any way we would love to do that you you need a good family you need a, you've been born into a good family you need a good home this these this family here this expression of this part of the family uh, of God I can guarantee we'll love you and we'll uh, gladly accept you we'll not reject you we'll help you along your way to know what it is to that you now have become a son or a daughter of God. Again, congratulations. We welcome you to the family. Till the next time you remember this, you are blessed so you be at rest. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.